Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Hi there, and welcome to New Books in South Asian Studies. I'm your host, Ian Cook, and today we're talking about Nation at Play, a history of sport in India by Ronajoy Sen. The book is published by Columbia University Press, and Ronajoy is a senior research fellow at the Institute of South Asian Studies and the Asia Research Institute at the National University of Singapore. Covering sporting activities from ancient times right up into the modern day, his book is at once broad in its scope and yet detailed in its analysis of key events. From football to the Olympics to cricket, the book explores how sporting life changes in relation to wider societal transformations. And I found it both highly readable and packed full of the type of stories that appeal to sports fans like myself. I had the pleasure of speaking with Ronajoy just a few moments before. Okay, so it gives me great pleasure to welcome Ronjoy to New Books in South Asian Studies. Let's dive straight into your book. And I want to ask you, what made you want to write uh, a book on sports in India? Yeah, you know, there were really two questions that were at the back of my mind. You know, one was the dominance of cricket in India. Um, you know, there are various other sports played in India, of course, but cricket almost has a religious-like uh, dimension in India. So that was one, you know, why this happened. And the second was the astounding lack of success of India in international sporting events, um, considering India's population, which currently is over 1.2 billion, as well as its long engagement with sports. Uh, That also struck me as as quite a puzzle. So these two questions had been sort of in my mind for a while as, as both a lover of sport as well as a social scientist. Uh, there was the other aspect, too, that uh, there is hardly anything written on the social history of sport in India other than cricket, which has had some fine books, including uh, Ramachandra Guha's a well-known book written, I think, in the early 2000s called Corner of a Foreign Field, which is really uh, uh, the social history of, of cricket in India going back to, to the, to the uh, British period. So these were the sort of three... Uh, imperatives in, in, in writing uh, this book. And I might use this occasion to uh, quote uh, a former teacher of mine, the, the well-known historian Deepesh Chakrabarti, who had once pointed out that you know, social historians of India have paid more attention to riots than to sports, mm-hmm. to street battles with the police than to rivalries on the soccer field. Wonderful. I think that that sets us up really well um, for the discussion um, as as we move on today. Um, So maybe we we should go back um, to the beginning, as it were, or the beginning of your book. And I want to know what sort of sports were played in ancient and in medieval India. Right. Um, You know, there is actually very scanty records of of sports uh, in, 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 in ancient India in particular. So uh, what I do is I you know, go back to the epics, uh, uh, the Mahabharata as well as Ramayana, even though they are not, of course, in proper history in the sense that historians would regard history. But uh, in a sense, you know, as oral narratives, you know, the kind of hold that they have on the Indian imagination, 
um, I, I thought, you know, that, that would be one good source to go back to. And the Mahabharata uh, does talk about, you know, archery, you know, contests, archery contests, as well as, uh, uh, um, you know, wrestling contests. In fact, the, the, the centerpiece of the epic, um, which is the, the, the war that happens between two sets of uh, brothers, the, the Pandavas and the Kauravas, eventually decided after a very bloody battle um, in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a contest Bhim and Duryodhana. Uh, so it's it's kind of ironical that the, the 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 although there is a battle fought, there is actually a sporting contest that eventually decides the the, the fate of, of the two, two two warring clans. But if you leave aside uh, uh, the the Mahabharata and the Ramayana, uh, there are records of wrestling, and that's the only sport I think that has a fairly long lineage in terms of the the historical records. And there are, there is a 12th century text called Manna Salasa, which talks about wrestling. It's sort of a wrestling manual. Then we have another text called the Manna Purana from around the 15th century, which again talks about wrestling, you know, techniques of wrestling, etc. And then we start getting records of of foreign travelers, particularly Portuguese travelers who, um, who, who had visited the Vijayanagar kingdom, which was kingdom that flourished in, in southern India, uh, roughly uh, in travelers in, 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 writing about the popularity of wrestling in the Vajanaya kingdom as well as the, the royal patronage that it received. So I guess from what might be called uh, the medieval period, uh, we do start having records and this starts becoming more, uh, we start getting more records of sports, particularly with the Mughals. Uh, we do know that wrestling was popular, and uh, and we have records of um, you know, wrestlers from the time of Babur. So we have mention of wrestlers in in, in Babur's uh, memoirs, which is called the Babur Nama. But we in fact have quite quite a bit on on sports uh, uh, from Akbar's time in particular, and um, he wrote you know both the Aini Akbari as well as the Akbar Nama, we have accounts of both uh, wrestling, uh, which is which is not uh, unnatural. And in fact, he says that Akbar is by far, you know, the greatest wrestler in, 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 in his kingdom. But what is more interesting is that Akbar is a fairly large table of wrestlers. And the interesting thing is that uh, the wrestlers were both Hindus and Muslims. So religion wasn't, didn't really play a part in, in Akbar's patronage of sport. But what is particularly noteworthy of, of that period is, is the popularity of polo and Akbar's uh, fondness of, of polo. And uh, in fact, uh, one of the things that Abul Fazl does when he's um, describing Akbar's love of sport is that he, he, he gives a spin, particularly to polo, where he says that Akbar is not merely playing polo for the sake of enjoyment, but then you know, there are other aspects of, of, of Superficial observers look upon this game as mere amusement and consider it mere play. But men of more exalted views see in it a means of learning, promptitude and decision. It tests the value of a man and strengthens the bond of friendship. So uh, so there were you know, other aspects of, 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 of sport than just this entertainment value. At least I to Abul Fazl. 
uh, during Akbar's time. That's that's wonderful. Thank you very much. Um, I was also totally captivated um, in your book by your account of what was called the 1911 IFA Shield. This was a, a football tournament with real far-reaching implications. So I was wondering, could you please tell us a little bit about this competition and why it turned out to be so important? Right. Um, you know, football, like uh, several other sports, including cricket, had been introduced to the Indian subcontinent by the British. And, um, you know, the British, wherever they went, um, I guess, carried you know, the footballs and the cricket bats. And this was not true of Asia, but elsewhere, too. And uh, there were football tournaments which had been instituted from the late uh, 19th century onwards. So the oldest football tournament was a cup called Durand Trophy, named after Sir Mortimer Durand, more famous for the Durand line tournament of the time. Uh, there were other tournaments, including there was one uh, tournament called the Trades Cup. There was another tournament uh, specifically for uh, Indian teams uh, instituted by uh, one of the, the royal families, the Maharaj of Kuchbihar Trophy, called the Kuchbihar Trophy. Uh, but the IFA Shield, by the early 20th century, had really become the premier tournament of the time. It was, it was held in, in Calcutta, which was then, of course, the capital of British India and also known as the second city of empire. Um, and Indian teams had started participating um, in this tournament. Uh, and one of the teams that, that was taking part was Mohan Bagan, whose origins go back to the late 80s. Um, and this you know, tournament was, as I said, important. But uh, you know what was you know the the, the 1911 IFA Shield? Why it was so important and why it has such far-reaching implications was the fact that Pakistan became the first Indian team, or the first native team, as they called it then, to reach the finals of the tournament. And uh, its opponent was a British team. And in this particular instance, Mohan Bagan's rival was the East Yorkshire Regiment. And um, that day, I don't want to go into the details of the match itself, mm-hmm. but the, the end result was that Mohan Bagan beat East Yorkshire Regiment in a closely fought game, two goals to one. And um, historical importance was that not only had Mohan Bagan won the Premier Tournament of the day, but that it had beaten an English team in a sport that was quintessentially uh, English. So uh, that was really the the importance of the victory. Uh, and to just contextualize the victory, this was also the time when Indian nationalism was really taking off. So uh, Mohan Bagan wins the shield in 1911 um, and the Indian National Congress was formed roughly two decades earlier in 1885. Then in the earlier 20th century, um, you had seen what was the Swadeshi movement, which was really centered in, in Bengal, where uh, Calcutta was located and the IFA Shield final was held. Um, so this was really at a time when there was a lot of nationalist ferment taking place and the Indian national movement, this was of course the pre-Mahatma Gandhi phase, but Indian nationalism was really uh, 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 taking wing. And in that sense, the Mohan Bagan victory uh, in, in, it had, had a real political dimension to it. And you know, this uh, was commented on by both the English press as well as the 
the Indian language press and the Englishman, which was a widely read newspaper of the time, at least uh, in the, the amongst the, the English-speaking community, in fact, uh, said that you know, Mohan Bagan, with his victory, had succeeded in what the Congress and the Swedishiwalas had failed to so far to explode the myth that the Britishers are unbeatable in any sphere of life. So I think therein lay the importance of the 1911 IFA shield and the victory of Mohan Bagan over a British regimental team. <laughs> let's, uh, let's turn from uh, victory to, to failure, as it were. Um, right. I actually received a copy of uh, the review copy of your book about the time the Olympics were going on. And as also as I was reading your book, I was, of course, reading Indian newspapers. And there was, some, there was a lot of soul searching because India had a, another dismal Olympics. So I was wondering, can you put this, in a bit of, put this in a bit of context for us? Has India always fared badly at the Games? Yeah, India was not always bad uh, at the Olympics. In fact, uh, India competed... Uh, uh, while it was still under the the, the British Empire. And uh, from 1928 onwards, India was actually a premier uh, hockey uh, hockey playing country. This is, of course, field hockey. And um, it won the the Olympic title in hockey three times in succession in 1928, 1932, and finally in 1936 in the Berlin Games. Um, but besides hockey, um, India did not really have a, a particularly good record. It would send a small contingent of, of, of athletes um, as well as people taking part in other track and field events. But uh, hockey seemed to be the only event that India seemed to do well. And uh, this tradition continued uh, after India becomes independent. Of course, the Olympics are not held after thirty-six. Uh, between 36 and 48 because of, of World War II. Uh, but when the Olympics resume in 48, India again is, is the uh, uh, champion. And um, in 48, ironically, India uh, beats England for the first time uh, in, in hockey. In, in, in pre-47 India, uh, England, um, oddly enough, did not take part in, in field hockey in the Olympics. Some say it might have been the fear of, of, of losing to India on the hockey field in the Olympics, but there is no recorded evidence of that. But the fact remains that India plays England for the first time only after becoming independent, and India wins its first title by beating England in, in 1948. And it continues playing well until the 60s when India starts losing its, its dominance in hockey. And uh, in fact, it, India won its last Olympic hockey medal in 1980 in the Moscow Olympics, which of course also uh, boycotted Olympics. So uh, uh, some of the premier hockey playing nations did not play in the Moscow Olympics. So India really, uh, one might say from the late 60s, early 70s, was not really uh, the kind of force that it was in hockey earlier. But in other sports, India never really had a, had a, a good track record, except in wrestling where India did win a medal in, in 1952. But other than that, it was hockey really where uh, India had most of its Olympic success, which then changed from the late 90s when India got its odd medal in, in, in events like uh, shooting, tennis. And, and more, more recently, India has actually been, been doing better, though nothing 
uh, compared to India's uh, size and, and, and history of sport, but it's, India has been getting medals in a more diverse basket of sports, including uh, uh, boxing, badminton, etc. Thank you. So far, we've we've managed to avoid talking about cricket really at all, but I guess we can't avoid it any longer. Um, it is, after all, said to be a religion in India. And in Chapter 11, which is called 1971 and After, you look into how it became such a widespread and, and much-loved game. So I was wondering, why is it that this year is so important for the spread of cricket? Right. Um, you know, conventionally... Uh, Many historians of sport in India point to 1983 as the year that cricket really takes off uh, because that was the year when India won the World Cup held in England for the first time. Of course, India subsequently won another Cricket World Cup more recently. Uh, it's true that 1983 was a, a signal year in the development of and popularity of, of cricket in India. But I point to 1971 because 1971 was the year when India actually beat England in England. And uh, for India, uh, till very recently, uh, England was really uh, uh, the, the, the competitor to beat. Of course, in recent times, Pakistan also occupies a space. <coughs> but, especially, excuse me, but especially in cricket, uh, England was the team to beat. And India had beaten England in India earlier. But in 1971, India actually went to England and beat England for the first time. And this was also the same year India also beat the West Indian team, uh, which was also a, a, a force to reckon with in those days. And the impact of, of the victory can be seen from editorial that uh, in the Times of India, um, the day after India beats England in England, and the editorial said, you know, glorious to be living at this hour and to be an Indian. Days, months, year will pass, but our cricket team's magnificent triumph over England in England will remain unforgettable. And uh, in fact, the head, I mean, most of the newspapers had headlines, you know, it was front page news when India you know, beat uh, England in England. So I would say 1971 was really the start of the period when you know, cricket starts becoming a national obsession, although you can sort of take it back. Uh, you know, the, 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 the interest in cricket, you know, of course, goes back earlier. And this I would ascribe to the, to the huge popularity of, of radio commentary of cricket, uh, uh, which it started really from the late 1930s. But from the late uh, 1940s, 1950s, uh, that occupied uh, a central part of sort of the, 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 the Indian sports lovers time. Uh, because, you know, if you know the nature of cricket in those days, it was only test match cricket that was played. And it was usually played in winters in India. And so if a, a visiting team came to play, say, five test matches, so that was 25 days of cricket. And, you know, the cricket match, you know, matches lasted you know, each day from, say, you know, 9.30, 10 in the morning to 5 in the evening. So an entire day was really spent to listening to radio commentary. Uh, and this, I would say really uh, contributed to the immense popularity of cricket vis-a-vis -vis other sports where you know you had commentary for football hockey etc but uh, you know football is usually a 90 minute game did not you know, occupy that kind of time uh, that, that that cricket took up cricket commentary took up um, so in that sense i think radio commentary you know coupled with 
the, the 1971 victory had much to do with, with setting up the popularity of cricket in India, which then I think reaches another level uh, in 1983, where India not only wins the World Cup, but it's also the year uh, uh, when, when in colour television um, also starts spreading in India. So I think 1983 is also a crucial year, but I would say uh, it all begins in, in 1971. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. And now I suppose, well, now, yeah, you really can't avoid cricket in India, especially when a major tournament is going on. So I was wondering if you could tell us, is there a sporting life beyond cricket in modern India? Right. Um, yeah, as I was mentioning, uh, India has been doing, you know, reasonably well. And uh, I, again, I keep stressing, you know, India's performance in, in international competitions is really um, quite poor if we look at India's population. Um, but India has been, you know, winning medals in, in in events like wrestling, boxing, shooting, uh, and badminton. In fact, in the last Olympics, uh, an Indian woman badminton player, uh, PV Sindhu, won the the silver medal. So, so there are uh, there is a, a growing interest in in sports other than cricket. Again, you know, football. One must mention that uh, it's always been quite popular in India, even though India's performance has never uh, been that great. Uh, although uh, in the 1950s and even in the 60s. Uh, India was really a top footballing nation in Asia. And then for various reasons, India performance fell off. But uh, uh, football still remains quite popular. And what has happened, I would argue, is that there is an event called the Indian Premier League uh, in India, which is really uh, a tournament involving city-based franchises. So cricket traditionally has, of course, been uh, pretty much organized around uh, the national sides playing each other. As well as you know, within India, you had the less popular sort of the provinces or the states playing each other in various tournaments. But the Indian Premier League, which started in 2008, for the first time introduced the franchisee concept very much modeled on, on the lines of the English Premier League or, or the you know, basketball or, or baseball leagues in the US. And this has turned out to be incredibly popular in drawing in. You know, so these are uh, um, matches roughly over three hours. So these are the 2020 games which are played. Each each side bats for 20 overs. So this is a, a truncated version of the of, of, of a cricket match. Uh, very much, uh, I would say, the length of, uh, of normal Bollywood film in India, which uh, they tend to be quite long, you know, three hours plus. Uh, so this has drawn in not only the traditional uh, uh, fan base, but also an audience of, 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 of women as well as a younger audience. And the incredible popularity of IPL has in fact had an impact on the other sports. So there are various other sports like, say, say badminton, which has uh, also started its own Premier League and so also football, uh, even though there were different tournaments in India. In fact, the IFA Shield that we talked about earlier still is still played and there are other tournaments too. But um, there is a tournament called the ISL, uh, which is now sort of... Uh, modeled on, on on the India Premier League, um, involving city-based uh, franchises playing football. So too, we have also Premier Hockey League, the PHL, where uh, uh, city-based franchises are playing each other. 
And now, more recently, we actually have a, a Kabaddi League. Uh, Kabaddi, uh, for, for you know, those who are not that familiar, is again an Indian sport. You know, I talked about wrestling and, and its uh, long history. Kabaddi is also a game um, which goes back, um, you know, some say back to the to the the, the the age of the epics. And we actually ha- now have a fairly popular uh, Kabaddi Premier League, which is, um, you know, being, being watched by a fairly large television audience and with city-based teams and who uh, very, very much modeled on the success of the of the Indian Premier League of Cricket. So, so I think it's 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 quite a vibrant scene in India at the moment. Whether that will contribute to to uh, a better performance by India in in international sporting events remain to be seen. But I think um, you know the more sports that are played um, and at a reasonably you know, high level, I think this will eventually I think have an impact on India's sporting performance in the long run. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much. I mean, I really, really enjoyed reading the book. I'd like to recommend it to, to everyone at home. There's, I think there's 12 chapters. We've probably only talked about a, a third or a quarter of them. So there's much more for, for people to get into when they do get around to reading the book. But uh, I, want, I, want, yeah, I want to ask you that now that this book is out, what are your current and future projects? Right. Uh, you know, this project of mine wasn't really uh, uh, something very close to my sort of disciplinary uh, training in the sense, you know, I'm a political science by training, but uh, I've also spent uh, almost you know, over 10 years uh, working as a journalist, uh, much of it in the Times of India in Delhi, but before that in a, a Calcutta newspaper called The Telegraph. And uh, this idea of writing a book on, on sports in India really was a result of my years in, in, in journalism where you know, I was on the editorial page for almost five years, and you're kind of expected to write on, on, on many different issues. And sports was something that I wrote on. And as I mentioned, I'm, of course, also a sports lover. So in that sense, you know, my years as a journalist was one of the one of imperatives of, of writing something that wasn't really you know, close to, to my, my discipline that I'd studied. So now I've actually again gone back. You know, my, my first book was on the Indian Supreme Court, um, and I have an uh, uh, interest in India's democratic and political institutions. So keeping that line of interest alive, I'm now currently working on a project on on the institutional history of Indian parliament. And um, so it's very different from this book on sport, but that's, that's the project that I'm currently working on. It's wonderful that you have such uh, diverse interests. So we look forward to look forward to reading that book. I guess a year or a few years down the line. Nothing sure. more for me to do today, apart from to thank you for coming on New Books in South Asian Studies. It's been a real pleasure to speak about your book today. Great, thank you for speaking to me. Thanks so much for downloading the New Books in South Asian Studies podcast. I've been your host Ian Cook, and today we've been talking about Nation at Play by Rona Joy Sen. I really hope you've enjoyed our conversation as much as I did, and I hope you check out the book itself. Thanks again for listening. Ta-ra!